noticed a theme when it comes to everything we do here at Truth Is Now Treason, and that theme is freedom. If you notice this, then you are a hundred percent correct. Every series we have done so far is linked to this theme. And to be honest, it probably will never change. And you might be asking, well, why is that? Because that is one of the main themes of the Bible. Forgiveness through Christ is freedom. Hello, fellow traders. I am Lennox. And I'm Dietrich. You know, when we realize that Christ brings freedom, it changes everything for us. When we think about it this way, it opens doors for you that nothing else is ever going to open. I want to bring to you a quote from Lisa Turkhurst's book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. She said this, she said, Your heart is much too beautiful a place for unhealed pain. Your soul is much too deserving of freedom to stay stuck here. In other words, life is just too short to waste one day, harboring resentment, anger, or bitterness. Now take a minute to think about this. Is your heart a beautiful place. Could you call it that right now? And if not, then why? You know, the reason most often is because your heart is bitter. And it's bitter because you have a heart that harbors hatred and unforgiveness. If you feel like your heart is dark, then you are settling for life that's not even a half-life. It's a hollow shell of what you were made to be. And if you have allowed your life to become one of forgiveness, then your life is going to be one of freedom. This is a difference between dark and light. And I am not trying to condemn you or anybody else in saying this. I am saying that as a person who has dealt with this. I have seen in myself how bitterness can corrode your life to the point that it poisons every aspect of your life, just like it did mine. And if you are not sure where you fall on the spectrum, then listen to this. We are going to use a very widely known story to illustrate the difference between a heart weighed down by unhealed pain and a heart that has been set free through the power of forgiveness. And we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 15. And it reads something like this. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain (gasps) that he was associating with such sinful people. Oh my. He was eating with them, Dietrich. How terrible. (laughs) You know, these religious leaders were upset because Jesus was hanging out with sinners. Now, we know that Jesus knew what they were thinking. And because of this, he does three parables, if you're wondering. What is a parable? Basically, it's a short story that's teaching a point. That are exactly about those who are lost and how much they mean to Jesus. And the last one he goes into is pretty much a famous one. It's called the parable of the prodigal son. What it says, a man had two sons. His younger son came up to him and said, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So in other words, the younger son was saying, Dad, I want you to die so that I could have my money. But since you aren't dead, then give it to me now instead. The father went ahead and did it, even though the son was being a complete jerk. You know, so the son went off to a faraway country and basically lived a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, needless to say, when you live like this, the money's going to go fast, and it did. So the younger son got so poor that he took a job feeding slop to pigs. And he was so broke and so hungry that the pig slop that he was serving was starting to look good to him. That's like being in an outhouse and thinking that the smell is just not so bad anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Not far off. He realized that he would be better off going to his father and asking for forgiveness and being a slave at his father's house. So he returned. 
His father saw him a long way off. Now, this shows how God is always looking for us to come back to him. The father ran out to greet him. He gave him a hug and told him to stop the slave talk nonsense. He was not a slave. He was his son, and they were going to throw a huge party for him. And this is the part of the story where we see forgiveness. The father in this story is your father, God, and he wants to forgive you. He's waiting for the day that you come to him, just like the father in this story was waiting for his son to return home. Now, some of you may be thinking, I have done too much. There's no way that God then forgive me. You are not even close. There are so many stories of forgiveness that are in the Bible, and it's all about people who have done things they thought God can't forgive me for. Yeah, there are tons of amazing stories in the Bible of God forgiving people. There are stories of terrible sins and God is waiting for those who walked away from him to return, no matter what they have done. You know, also we see in this story, the younger son accepted this forgiveness. He did not return to the pig slop. He stayed with his father. The prodigal son, as he is called, or the younger son who went off and blew his father's money, ends up being the forgiven son. He becomes the one who is free. And I think most of us are probably familiar with that part. But there's another part that doesn't get that much attention. And that's the reaction of the other brother or the older brother. This is what it says. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. And when he comes home, he hears music and dancing in the house. And he asks one of the servants, what's going on? The servant replies, your brother is back. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother, instead of celebrating like he should have, he was angry and he wouldn't go in. His father even came out of the house and begged him to come in. But he replied, all of these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? The older brother had bitterness in his heart because he was mad because he did not think what the father did was fair. He became jealous because in his mind, this was not fair and there was no way that he was going to forgive. A lack of love and selfishness led to jealousy and bitterness. That's what the older son was dealing with. You know, all these things are as corrosive to the human as any sin. And it can be very visible to others, even though we think we're hiding it well. You know, there was a period of time where I had allowed bitterness to consume me. You know, during this period of time, our daughter was playing volleyball for a select team. You know, we saw a lot of good things happen with this team. And there are some challenges with it as well. That's the way it always is with sports. There was this woman who was particularly bitter person. She had a daughter on the team. There was a day where it seemed like there's nothing going right. And that's how I know my inner bitterness had to be showing on my face. This very bitter woman came over to us in the stands and started talking to us. She was spewing her bitterness about the whole situation. She was looking to see if we were the people who would be on her side. I had the wisdom to know that this was a road to nowhere and gave her no indication that I would join. She moved on as a result. But the fact remains, I think she saw the anger in me and she thought she had an ally. Bitter people recognize other bitter people. And the older son in the story had become bitter. And in his mind, the younger son got something that he didn't. And he was angry about it. 
things weren't fair and the scales needed to be balanced in right now. And that's why I felt my period of bitterness. Someone had wronged me and I wanted them to suffer. The older son wanted a taste of what he thought was the good life that the younger son received. We can become bitter that way. It's not fair that they have it better, even though I have worked harder. Or your bitterness can become like mine did. I was hurt for no reason by a group of people who should have known better and should have acted better. And I wanted to hurt them in a far greater way than they hurt me. I thought that God was unfair because he did not punish those who were hurting me. I wanted them to hurt more than I did because I did nothing wrong. They were the ones who were doing things that were wrong. Yeah, and when you become bitter, you are allowing whatever it is that hurt you to define you. And what hurt you, Dietrich, became the very thing that defined you. And you, just like all of us do, we allow that hurt to fester so deep sometimes that it changes who we are. You know, I became a person I didn't recognize. I went from being an outgoing, enthusiastic person to a hate-filled misanthrope that trusted no one. That's quite a difference. Ooh, a misanthrope. <laughs> Define misanthrope for us, Lennox. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. Can you explain it to me? It's somebody who hates everybody. <laughs> you know, what is the source of bitterness? It's hurt. You were hurt by somebody. Sometimes they meant to hurt you. Sometimes it was unintentional. But it doesn't matter. You were hurt nonetheless, and you don't know how to get rid of it. I know in my experience, I saw myself as the victim. I was the one who was treated unfairly, and I wanted others to see it too. But for some reason, I believed that they didn't see it, and I felt like I got very little compassion from others, and that made me angrier, so angry that I withdrew from others, which made me even more miserable. And when we're hurt, it may be more than one person that hurts you, and it may be more than one event that causes the pain. I can see this in my situation because I allowed the compounded events and the interactions with rude people create a bitterness in me. So how do we overcome this? There's really only one way. You know, we want to break this one way up into two parts. First, you have to make a choice. You have to come to the realization you are sick of living in this misery of unforgiveness and harboring ill feelings and hate towards your offender. And you choose right now to form a deliberate mindset that you are going to let go these negative feelings and thoughts. However, you cannot do this in your own power. You need divine power. God's word is a weapon against the enemy. Jesus used it to fight Satan and we need to as well. Yeah, so speak God's word out loud. We all need to pray the scriptures that help us do this. For example, one of the things that I do is I have a devotional journal where I record things that God has given me after reading the Bible. I write down things I've heard other people say and talking about their struggles and what they've learned. I write Bible verses, or we can call them power thoughts. I write them down and I read them over during my prayer time. And one comment I wrote down after doing one of my devotionals is it was a devotional on forgiveness. It said, what comes to us should flow through us. If it comes to us, it must flow through us, which means if we have his forgiveness, his forgiveness is what allows us the ability to forgive others because it's through his power. And because of his forgiveness of our sins, it helps us to extend that same kind of forgiveness to others. So if we've truly experienced God's forgiveness for our sins, 
then we should allow that mercy and grace to be extended to others around us as well. We all need to counter lies with truth. Counter the negative thinking with positive words that align themselves with scripture. You can create your own or use this one. Here's just an example of what to tell yourself whenever you're battling these ill feelings. You know, when I find myself thinking about somebody who has hurt me, I'll say this. I will not allow the hurts caused by others to change who I am. I choose today to forgive because God tells me to do so in his word. And after that, I can be free to move on from this miserable place of being paralyzed through bitterness and unforgiveness. Matthew 6.14 says this, if you forgive others, then God will forgive you. If you don't, then God will not forgive your sins and offenses. Period. Yeah. Yeah, we need to present to him the things that are hurting us, and he will help you. He promises to. It may not come in the way that you think, and it may take more time than what you want it to. In fact, when it comes to dealing with times when you are hurt so badly that it's hard to forgive, I will almost guarantee that it will take time for you to heal. And it's a journey, and we call it a process sometimes. Remember, your heart is much too beautiful a place for unhealed pain. Your soul is much too deserving of freedom to stay stuck here. You know, freedom. Why do you think this world takes so much time telling you that becoming a Christian will only make you a slave? Because this world hates God. It fears the freedom you will receive by giving what you have to Christ. You know, you've got nothing to lose. Because a bitter life is a life of nothing. Trust me, I know. And you've got everything to gain. When we are offended, we need to immediately recall what Christ has done for us. Speak the word of God out loud. Remind yourself you have made a deliberate choice to forgive so you can be free and be determined to not be offended any longer. Then extend that forgiveness, that mercy that was extended to you by Christ. Let it flow to that person who is your offender. We're going to end this episode with a prayer because confessing your bitterness and unforgiveness brings freedom. That's why the enemy, Satan, doesn't want us to pray and confess before God and others. We will remain chained if we do so. Here's the prayer. It's called a prayer to help forgive others. Father, only you understand how much I've been hurt by this person. I don't want to carry the pain for another second. I don't want to be a bitter person. I don't like who I've become because of my bitterness. So I need your grace and the power of the cross to release my hurt and forgive those who've hurt me. This is the turning point. First, I need to experience your forgiveness. You know all the ways I've hurt others, and I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I accept your grace and forgiveness, and I need it daily. So today, I'm turning to you. I'm choosing to forgive the way you have forgiven me. I ask you to break these chains of unforgiveness that have been harboring my in my heart. Every time the memory comes back, I will choose to forgive that person again until the pain is gone. Heal my heart with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. And I thought that was just an excellent prayer. And if you want to have a copy of that, we're going to have the link on the podcast episode description. Traders, I am excited for you to experience that freedom of forgiving. Give us some feedback about that so we can share what God has done in your life here on one of our episodes. You can email us at truthisnowtreason at gmail.com. You can comment on our social media posts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social. 
And please be sure to hit that like button as well. Thanks and have a great week. Until next time, my fellow traders.